Welcome everyone, we're about to begin, Be'ezus Hashem, Shalom Bayesh, year number 398. In the last year, we talked about uh, certain needs that women have, that husbands need to understand their wives when they have these needs, and to care for them regarding those needs. And we talked about um, two of them, we talked about the need to achieve and the need for appearance. And today we're going to talk about the third need, which is even the strongest one of the three, which is affection. A woman's most deep-seated need, the one who shapes her personality and attitude towards life more than anything else, is her need to be loved and admired and respected. To be loved, affection, the need for affection is extremely strong. We see even prior to marriage, girls seek to establish emotional connections with their friends more than more than boys do. Girls are more involved in making friends. Girls are more involved in making social connections more than boys are. For boys, a friend is something they want. They do together something. It's not something that generally they connect with. Their friendship is based on mutual preferences. They both like sports, like games, like learning, um, whatever they enjoy doing together. Their relationships are based on their similar likes or dislikes. To the contrary, girls, generally speaking, connect and develop with serious relationships. So Rabbi Aaron Lane said that he had um, people came to advice with him, but they're looking for marriage, and he asked them, he asked them, um, you know, what are they looking for in marriage? What do they need? What are they yearning for in marriage? And virtually all of them answered, they want to be loved. A woman's need to be loved is a major part of her sense of self-worth. To feel cherished and loved is important. To her emotional well-being, like oxygen, is vital to the body. He says, you see this in the Torah, Leah, first son, Ruuvain, Ki ato yevani ishi. God saw my affliction, and now I will be loved. It says even in the Gemara, Tav of Tandu, of Armelu, it's better. A woman wants to get married, even if it's not the ideal husband, because she needs that company, she needs that companionship. And no matter how rich you are, no matter how famous you are, no matter how much money you have, that her self-esteem is dependent on having a husband that cares about her. That is an inner, innate thing. We could cover it up with different things, but that is tremendously MS. The Gemara Saita, the Mishnah Saita brings down in Paragimel, Mishnah Dalid that a person prefers, a woman prefers one kav, a small measure of sustenance in good relationships, rather than nine kavim of substance and an unfulfilled relationship. Because when a woman feels that someone cares for her and takes care of her, she feels emotionally strong and healthy. When she feels ignored, she's taken for granted, then she feels stressed and anxious. So people sometimes wonder why women like talking a lot to other women about their problems. It's a limit aschos here. Yes, you could be nichshul and lashon hara, and we have to be careful with that. But the idea that women talk to each other about things is not about gossiping. The panemius of it, the limit aschos, is really they want to connect. They want to connect. And, and that's the same reason if they feel their husbands don't understand them, they'll gravitate towards someone else who does, whether a friend or whatever it is. So the Iker connection 
of they of what women need to know for themselves that their need for companionship the need to connect with people is an inherent need and of course they have to be careful to avoid um you know, speaking Lashon Hara and Rechilas and those type of things that only connect in healthy ways. But the idea to want to connect and to want to talk is something that is a deep-seated need that, of course, should be channeled the right way. So he mentions here a true story that happened with people in his kahila, Mr. Rabbi Aaron Lane. Pesach was coming. House was a mess. Wife was working to make everything ready. And the husband went on to work as usual. So on the day before Pesach, she couldn't be it anymore. She says, don't you see I'm slaving away? Can't you do something? And he was surprised. You know, all the previous years she did it on her own. He worked. He said, uh, what's the problem? I know, I know I, I've been working hard in the office and you're working hard and you're taking care of the Pesach preparations. So the wife answered back, I realize you're busy, but surely you can do something in, 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 in your home for Pesach. And the husband says, okay, so tell me what you need. I'll be happy to do it. And she responds back, you have eyes. Look around and see what needs to be done. Why do I have to explain the obvious? He responds back, my brain works differently. I need to be told exactly what you need. And so on and so forth. This was the dialogue one Pesach. The following year, the, wife, the husband remembered what his wife said and her frustration from the previous year. So what he did was, is preempted it. You know, a few weeks before Pesach, he approached her, his wife and said, what can I do for you for Pesach? And she answered back, nothing. Thank you for your offer, but I can handle it myself. And the husband had a hard time comprehending this. You know, last year he was rebuked for not offering his help. And a year later, he, he offered his help weeks before Pesach and his wife declined his offer. What changed? What really changed was, is this, is that his wife at the time, the year before, what she was asking for was not help for the, with the cleaning. She was asking for support, emotional support. She wanted to know that her husband realized how hard she was working. It wasn't necessary for him to do anything but just to acknowledge her and her hard efforts. She wanted proof that he wasn't taking it for granted. That's what she needed to hear. And when he heard it, she heard it this year by him offering, can I help you for Pesach? I know you work hard. Is there anything I can help you with? That was good enough for her. Now, truth be told, there are certain certain situations and times where she does need the physical help. Then, of course, it's important to accommodate one's um, one's wife and help her bepoil as much as she you know, you need it. If that's what she really needs, she needs that physical help, then yes, she'll she'll say, I need it, and let him provide it. But in many cases, it's not about that. It's the emotional support. When she feels loved and supported, and that she, he cares, and that he's ready to help for real, then she's usually okay with it. He cares, and I and, and, and he emotionally supports me. That is really, really key. Now, it's brought down in the Torah, a man, a husband, must provide his wife with three things, sherek sasva'ina, food, clothing, marital relations. Now, this is the, these things uh, um, um, mean appearance, which is connected to food or clo- really clothing and affection. And like we said a few times, that the Rambam puts in, in to share, the emotional support is in, in the share. The connection between clothing and appearance is obvious, right? And the connection between intimacy and affection is also obvious because the word is aina. Aina means time, also referring to a woman's cycle. 
And the Torah is telling us the priority of a husband to regularly spend time with their wives and to fulfill their need for love and affection. Now, all these Yesodas we said in the previous few shiurim, the husband having these three Ps, prestige, power, and pleasure, and the woman having these needs that are called A, which is affection, achievement, and appearance, that's a general speaking, but it's possible to find the other way around, like we say many times, that women pursue sometimes prestige and power, and men will need affection or want to have a nice appearance. But the side of the book, and the side of this this concept is, is, is still true. Women in general are more emotionally in tune than men and seek more emotional closeness in relationships with their husbands. And being aware of these differences are important to fulfilling, uh, to have a fulfilled, healthy marriage. So what happens is in marriage now, you see, we talked about the women's deep needs, the men's deep needs, and we have to see when they meet each other between a husband and wife and their interaction, how to go about it. To know that what fuels a man's self-esteem is differ, differ, very much differs from what a woman needs to do to boost her self-esteem. You see, when the Torah was given to Klai Yisrael, Hashem told Moshe to speak to the men and women differently. Moshe spoke to the women softly, and he spoke to the men more sternly. Why? Because men understand power. So Moshe was told to talk to them with a certain shtaltzkite, with a certain resolve. You know, show them who's boss. This is the story. Women are more interested in connection. Therefore, talk politely. You can achieve with your talking politely more than you can achieve with words of force. So this is really important in marriage as well. Since a man generally pursues these prestige, pleasure, and, and power, he automatically assumes that his wife needs the same things to give herself a, self a worth. And the woman assumes that because, uh, you know, that a man needs affection and achievement uh, the way she needs it. They're both unaware of the different needs of the other, and that's where the problems start. And that's why it's so important to review mm-hmm. these few shiurim to really, really get a clarity of what the true needs of your husband or wife is in order to provide it for them. And this is a real yesite what happens in Shalom Bayis that creates problems that really shouldn't be a problem. So a man, for example, is pursuing everything that will boost his self-esteem and he neglects to provide the elements his wife needs for her self-esteem, not because he's malicious or because he's not kind, He's not, he's not, uh, he doesn't love his wife. He loves her dearly and he wants to provide, but he doesn't realize that her needs are so different than his. He doesn't realize it. Same thing with a wife. She loves her husband, but she's unable to comprehend why her husband is so uncaring of her needs. And she becomes offended and upset, leading to nagging and dissatisfaction. Husband could become upset on his hand. My wife's not giving me what I need. And in reality, they both are good intention. They both are loving the etzem. They want to be good. They want to give. But they don't recognize that their needs are different for their spouse. What also happens is often is men view women in an unfair way very often. So, for example, when you have a good businessman, you see a powerful businessman in the business, a man looks at that businessman and says he's dynamic. He's strong. He's dynamic. He's talented. 
when he sees a businesswoman being successive, successful, all of a sudden he's going to say she's aggressive. When, um, when a person is very uh, good in detail-oriented, if it's a man, the husband, a man will say he's good with details. If it's a woman, he'll all of a sudden say she's fussy. It's the same Nakuda. They're just detail-oriented. But with the man, oh, that's very good. He's good with details. For a woman, it's a negative. She's fussy. Or when a man is down and depressed, it's justified. He's down and he's depressed. When a woman is moody and down, oh, it must be her cycle. Yeah, or if, or if someone is a quick thinker and acts sort of in very, like, um, you know, spontaneous for a man, oh, he thinks quickly. It's a woman, you say she's reckless. So men often have this bias when they view women have a certain talent that men have, and they view when men have it, it's a positive trait. And when women have it, it's a negative trait. We do the other way around also. How women view men. When women see other women becoming powerful in their careers and in business, they say, wow, she's an achiever. If it's a man that goes up in their status in business or in in, in the finance world or anything, all of a sudden he is power hungry. She's an achiever, but he's power hungry. Or if... Uh, a woman sees another woman that has great confidence, oh, she's very confident. If a man has confidence, oh, he's he's stubborn. Or if a a woman expresses strong opinions about things, oh, she's sharing her views, that's beautiful. If it's a man doing this, he's opinionated. Or if a woman is a boss somewhere in a company, a woman looks at this and says, oh, she has full control of her company. If it's a man, he's bossy. So both men and women are guilty of this. We both tend to view the same traits, the same positive, that could be interpreted to be positive traits, but when it's their own gender, they view it positively, and when it's the opposite gender, they view it negatively. This is something that we need to stop, and we need to stop especially between a husband and wife themselves. This is why it's so unhealthy uh, these jokes that are made, these cynical jokes that are made with marriage. Now, of course, like I said, uh, you know, light humor could be used. There's nothing wrong with it. But once it gets to a certain point, people take it too far. It really, really uh, hurts a lot. And there's a certain amount of disdain and sarcasm that comes along with these type of cynical jokes when it comes to men and women differences. And in truth... When one wants to really take Shalom Bayez seriously and wants to truly love their husband and love their wife, they need to really, really study the nature of that opposite gender. To really understand what we talked about in the last few shiurim, what's the deep-seated need and drive that wives have, that that the men have. And again, if you're not stereotypical, if you see it's uh, some things are reversed. So, for example, if you see in your dynamic, in your marriages, that your husband is a softer person, and generally, although the need for affection is more pronounced by women, but by your husband, he needs that affection, then you got to coordinate that way to him. If a husband sees a wife, that generally it's very unusual, maybe in general, but she needs that certain prestige, she needs that certain power, that control. She's more of an aggressive 
dynamic type of personality, then he needs to understand, then he needs to fill those needs. So everything we discussed in the last few shiurim, with the men with their three things and the women with, with their three things, is a general rule, but obviously it applies both ways. That if, if sometimes it's reverse and the personalities are different, because you have sometimes a personality, some dynamics of marriage, there's no right and wrong, where some men take up some certain degree of certain feministic characteristics and 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 the men and the women have certain masculine characteristics that you're not supposed to rip out of them, but rather to be madrachet properly. To be madrachet and use it properly in a healthy way. With that, with, that, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu's help, um, just to review again, the last one we talked about by the women is the affection and the and that uh, that she needs that real deep emotional connection. It cannot be uh, emphasized enough. It is extremely extremely crucial, and that's always always needed. And that because they're 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 relationship beings, and that's part of the sheirak suswa aina food clothing and, sh- and 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 marital relations. If you look deeply into it, it goes through all those. Um, deep-seated needs of trying to achieve things and the appearance of a person and the emotional connection and their support. And again, the men viewing women and women viewing men with fairness, with understanding, and with compassion. Especially husband to wife and wife to husband. Bracha